Blog Talk Radio. Will you hold the line when every one of them is giving up and giving in? Tell me, in this house of mine, nothing ever comes without a consequence. It costs, tell me, will the stars align? Well, have a step in, will it save us from a sin, will it? Cause this house of mine stands strong. That's the price you pay. Leave behind your heart and cast away. Just another product of today. Rather be the hunter than the prey. And you're standing on the edge, face up, cause you're a Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, ASWF Aftermath live on the air right here on Facebook Live, as well as over here on Talk Radio 49, of course, to be a part of the action, dial 347-989-1171 to get in and talk to myself and apparently an under-the-weather co-host I have here, uh, coughing as we bring him on live, Mr. Cody. Cody, how are you doing tonight? Oh, man, doing good, man. I'd be doing a lot better if the weather would stay a little consistent. It's got my allergies all flared up. But, man, I am ready for our our special one-hour shows that we do. Uh, we kind of just run down everything that went on and, and recap uh, the events of this last show and, uh, you know, kind of just discuss everything that's happened uh you know, between the matches and the events that occur. And uh, so Absolutely. I'm just, uh, hey, I'm just happy to be here, my man. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing here, you know, especially this past Saturday night. You know, <laughs> the moment that literally the ASWF and the professional wrestling world in the Mid-South stood still when Mr. 99% and the Suicide King came face-to-face in the middle of the ring for the first time since Halloween Resurrection, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. I mean, so many big stories coming out. Just one show after Halloween Resurrection wrapped up, everything literally, you know, turned on a dime uh, this past Saturday night. I mean, we're, you know, just right off the top, we'll get right into it. First things, uh, you know, Mr. 99% out there, and he calls out, Mark Wolf first, and then he calls out Steve-O, and, you know, he said he had the he had the solution to the problem. And his solution was literally stripping <coughs> Steve-O of the ASWF championship. And right before he was able to award it to Mark Wolf, he even handed the title over to him. But before the ink was dry on the contract, so to speak, uh, here comes his uh, foil. Uh, the other co-commissioner, Joey Britt, came out and said, no, no, that's not how this one's going to go. You're not going to come out here, and you're not going to just do whatever you want, all willy-nilly, so to speak. You're going to enforce the law of the ASWF, and you're going to do it fairly. And, you know, I, I applaud what Joey decided, and he his decision was, hey, we had controversy coming out of the cage match. This time we're going to do the right thing. And uh, they had a rematch where not only where only pinfalls and submissions would end the match. There must be a winner. And we crowned an undisputed uh, ASWF championship, ASWF champion Saturday night in the main event. But real quick, your thoughts on the you know on a man who claims you know, uh, and this is just me reporting it as I see it. A man who claims to be for fairness and things like that, it appeared that he showed a little bit of favoritism towards the former champion, Mark Wolf, in this situation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, uh, one thing I've, I've noticed, and all of us fans notice about Brad, is if, if you're one of his guys, one of his 
guys that took advantage of an opportunity. Uh, you know, he, he takes care of his guys, so to speak. Uh, but, I mean, what else can I say? It was a every time Mark Wolf and Steve-O has faced off, it's been a hard-hitting match. I mean, but if you want to delve deeper, I mean, let's talk about how Mark Wolf started using that forearm and putting people down left and right. Sometimes it's uh, it's like somebody using your words against you. I mean, let's look, take a look at it. Steve-O hit Mark Wolf not only with his own move, but beat him with his own move. Absolutely, and we'll uh, recap that coming up towards the end of the broadcast as we get in the main event, but you're right. You know, that came back to haunt Mark Wolf, and, you know, was ultimately his undoing was the forearm. Knocked him smooth out, but this time Steve-O left nothing to chance and uh, picked up the victory to become the undisputed ASWF champion. No controversy anymore. But we started things off with our opening contest between the Suicide King, a recently vindicated Suicide King at this point. You know, a lot of people were, uh, there was an air of hope uh, when the Suicide King came out, and he seemed to be wrestling like a pound of weights had been lifted off his back as far as things go. You know, uh, now that this situation with uh, the Mr. 99% had seemingly been, you know, finished, you know, and he came out, but, you know, things reared their ugly head in this case. And uh, the main event, Curtis Don picking up a very impressive bounce-back victory after losing at Halloween Resurrection. The main event, Curtis Don very impressive, held his own throughout the contest against the Suicide King Ray. And then, you know, a roll-up got the job done. Very impressed with the way uh, the main event, Curtis Don was able to bounce back, though. And that's the thing, you know, he's not going anywhere. Uh, yeah, Michael, the thing is, I mean, yeah, Curtis Dawn, he got the roll-up. But something that the ref didn't catch was his feet were on the rope. Oh, I'm, hey, I'm not going to bash him because he did whatever he, whatever it took to get a win. Here's the thing. You've got a Grand Slam champion and a Hall of Famer, and you're going up against that, you're literally going to have to pull almost anything out of your arsenal to be able to topple such a, uh, such a, a renowned uh, competitor. Absolutely. Ray, you've got to say, is one of the most decorated competitors in the history of the ASWF, and you've got to be very impressed with Curtis Dawn for being able to pick up that victory. You know, this thing not only shoots him right back up the rankings in the Evolution division, I mean, you may be talking about potential ASWF championship implications when it comes to the main event, and that's exactly what this has all been about, his ascension back to the main event or to the main event for uh, all intents and purposes. Very impressed with the way that went down, though, as the Suicide King, uh, you know, drops one. Were you... Were you a little bit shocked? I believe everybody kind of saw it as an upset when Curtis Dunn was able to pull out the victory there. Were you a, were you as shocked as the rest of us when Curtis Dunn was able to pick up the victory? Um, well, I mean, I can say I was a little bit shocked, and I mean, I was concerned at first because of the way uh, Ray had landed on the back of his head and neck at first. It, but, I mean, Curtis Dawn, um uh, in a sense, just hey, capitalizing on the on the uh, I wouldn't uh, on the injured opponent, if you will. Um, I want to say, yeah, this victory was a shock because he beat a man that you literally have to, who literally goes around saying, "Kill me before you beat me." And so, with that being said, we've seen a shock victory, but it was one of those that kind of proved that. Curtis Don has the potential to be a key player in ASWF wrestling. Absolutely. And, you know, people talk about moments when guys arrive, so to speak. And I believe that's what this was for Curtis. I believe this was his moment. He arrived on the big stage at Halloween Resurrection, but this was the moment where he 
stood and basked in the uh, glory, in the spotlight, so to speak, pulling out the pulling off this uh, victory, and you know being able to beat one of the top competitors in the ASWF's history. And you know the sky's the limit at this point for the main event. I am very, very impressed with what Curtis Don's been able to accomplish so far. Oh yeah, uh, you know I mean. In no time, I think he made his debut for ASWF back in May, I believe. Mm -hmm. I mean, in just a very short amount of time, he was able to become a number one contender for the ASWF Evolution Championship. I mean, there were times that we thought he was going to become the ASWF Evolution Champion. We've seen him face off against the likes of uh, our world champion, Steve-O, We've seen him team up with former world champion Mark Wolf and show just as mm-hmm. much dominance. I mean, it's it, and to say that, I mean, it goes without say that he is definitely leaving a mark in the history of ASWF. Well, and I do want to address something, Mister Ninety Nine Percent over here in the uh, watching the live feed. Yeah. I, was, I believe you do consider it an upset. You're talking about a guy who's an ASWF Hall of Famer and a guy who's on the uh, uptick in the ASWF rankings. So definitely, I consider that an upset uh, that the main event, Curtis Dawn, was able to get a victory over somebody who is so well established inside of the ASWF. And, and you know, it does nothing but help his career in that aspect. And speaking of helping your career and being around quite a while and making a name for yourself. Uh, how about the uh, the mistress of mayhem, Asa Morta, losing to Excalibur? And you know, Excalibur not only defeated Asa Morta, he also staked his claim to the ASWF Evolution Championship afterwards grasping the title and uh, definitely showing that that is his intention is looking as everybody should, you know, a lot of people say, if it's not your goal, it should be in this sport, uh, grabbing the title and, you know, staking his claim. Well, Excalibur, a very, very first competitor in ASWF wrestling. He is, He's kind of been up there at the top of the mountain himself, you know, as far as as far as people he has beaten and how far he will go. Uh, let's talk about, you know, if you want to talk about riding a wave of success as of late, let's talk about the Aztec warrior El Rey. I mean, he stood outside for a vast majority, if not that whole match. I mean, people were wondering, hey, is he going to cash in his golden ticket? And Asa, with eyes in the back of her head, uh, seeing that he was coming toward the ring, and the initial thought was, oh, no, he's going to cash in. Man, and you're- what the Internet fans would call today as a troll, that was definitely a troll victory. Not necessarily a troll to to Asa in general, but, but to the fans. I mean, God pulls out a burrito and, and gives it to her. I mean, yeah. I guess that is the uh, the Aztec equivalent to roses. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not going to just stereotype it in any way. Uh, but, I mean, I, that kind of allowed, I don't know if it was intended to uh, help Excalibur in that way, but it definitely showed that anything can happen in ASWF. And if you're a champion, and you've got somebody holding that golden ticket briefcase, it just shows that, hey, you need to keep eyes in the back of your head at all times. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't think there was – one thing I want to throw out there, I don't think that there was necessarily any ill will. Obviously, I don't believe that uh, the Aztec Warrior came out to cost a some more to the match. I believe that he was, you know, uh, he was sorry about that and very apologetic about costing more to the match. I don't believe that was his intentions at all. I actually believe that his intention was to go out there and scout a potential opponent for that title. Uh, You know, the thing is, the story of this matchup, before uh, he came out there, before 
El Rey came out there was once again the knee of Asa Morta. And you've got to wonder, you know, this is three matches in a row that this is three matches in a row that that knee has come into play. And Excalibur beautifully, beautifully able to pick apart that knee. And you see uh, Mr. 99% once again comment, and he said, X needed no help. A seasoned vet can and will be relevant in any scene he inserts himself into. And, you know, that's exactly what Excalibur did. Excalibur had kind of been laying dormant as far as titles goes, you know, equally picking out his own rivalries for the past just about year now. And all of a sudden he stakes his claim to the Evolution Championship. And it's a big deal. You know, this is a serious threat that Asa Morta is going to have to uh, watch out for. Oh, absolutely. You've got a guy of, uh, of Excalibur's caliber, I guess you would say. I mean, uh, he's competitive and fierce. He's hard-hitting. And he, I would say he is a very well-versed competitor and well-rounded from his his technical wrestling ability to, you know, being able to adapt to his opponents regardless of size, gender. Uh, you know, but, I mean, hey, uh, it was a non-title match. Had it have been a title match, we could have had a new SWF Evolution champion if that was the case. Uh, but, like I said, very strong message sent to Asa Morta, uh, not even during the match with the golden ticket winner, but to but the post-match uh, quote-unquote beatdown that, that Excalibur inflicted on Asa. I mean, you know, he sent a message loud and clear, and that is, watch your back, and I'm gunning for you. And you're right. You know, that is the, that is the big deal. We have uh, Insane Shane over here, very active inside of the uh, chat room uh, over here on Aftermath, and we're going to get to him in just a few moments. Uh, talk about how the big night he had Saturday. But, you know, this is something that we haven't seen in quite a while. Asa Morta losing. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of people are looking, uh, a lot of people are looking at this as that automatically makes Excalibur the number one ranked challenger for the Evolution champion by defeating the champ, by defeating the champ. And, And, I mean, he did so, Yes, he did so with a little bit of controversy, but you really can't say that you can take anything away from what he did. He was pretty dominant throughout that contest, especially when he was able to focus and zero in on that knee of Morda. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, a a victory of that caliber, I mean, it just – I mean, you can kind of just pencil him in that, hey, he's just, that, hey, you beat the champion, you're going to get a title shot. Now, that's not always the case in some in some situations. But, I mean, hey, look, it's like beating the champion is almost one of the best ways to send a message to them that you have their number. Uh, and, I mean, uh Speaking of, uh, I guess you would say, uh, making waves in ASWS, after after this match, we got to see the return of the nocturnal flame, Leo Keegan and Heinzman, a, mm-hmm. and a first-time pairing, and they had a very competitive match against uh, Justin and Daniel the Vincents, or the Vincent brothers. Yes, and you know, the the debut of this tag team, uh, Force, the Nocturnal Flame, and Heinzman, an absolute force inside of the ASWF Tag Team Champions, inside of the ASWF uh, Tag Team Championship rankings, excuse me. It's going to be something to behold. You know, I'm going to be honest. We saw 
we were talking earlier uh, last week about the infamous one's clients, and he said clients. So automatically, uh, I thought, okay, I, I mean, I, I caught myself slipping and thinking, okay, these are going to be the guys, the infamous one. Where is he? This is going to be it because these two guys are literally on that level already as soon as they step through the curtain. And you saw that when they took the Vincent brothers and, you know, two guys that were fresh off of a tag team title shot and they were able to defeat them. And you see Max Stone, obviously the tag team champion or tag team champions, however you want to address it, the greatest gym known to man. But uh, this is the thing. Uh, and obviously Mr. 99% says, a force, I'll be honest, Max Stone has defended the tag team title single-handedly. You're absolutely right, Mr. 99%, but this is the thing. We force and a two people come together, like the Nocturnal Flame and Heinzman came together this past Saturday night in the Valiant Arena in quite some time. Very impressed with the way these two work together and the way they were able to dispatch of the former number one ranked contenders in the Vincent brothers. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, this was almost kind of like anybody that's been paired up with Max Stone as of late, such as Sir Taylor Knight. And uh, I mean, they've been, they were able to come together as a unit just that quick. And I mean, you know, a lot of these people that team up the first time, you, you wouldn't expect them to have the chemistry or that lifelong chemistry as the Vincent brothers did. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, size prevailed, but it was not without any kind of, I guess, what some would refer to as underhanded tactics as uh, when Daniel went to go off the rope, I mean, Heinzman gave the provided a distraction long enough for Leo Keegan to hit that devastating spear that he is known for to pick up the W. And you're right. That is the thing. You know, he was able to hit that devastating spear and pick up the victory. A impressive night. You know, I can't say this enough for two monsters like Heinzman and the Nocturnal Flame, Leo Keegan, to put, you know, everything aside and just focus on the destruction as they did this past Saturday night. And you see uh, 99% obviously talking about uh, Max Stone and AD Sky saying that, you know, they took care of lethal injection. But the thing is, it's going to be a force, you know, I, I'm, Mr. 99%, you are, you know, you have to say, very impressive what the team of Heinzman and Keegan were able to do with the former number one contenders now for the ASWF Tag Team Championship. I, there's no way around it. They went in there, and they absolutely, from belt, they were in control of guys that were at the number one ranked challenger slot in the tag team division very impressed and you've got to say it you've got to admit it you know this is these are two guys that stake their claim potentially at moving up the rankings in the ASWF in my opinion I mean you know if they are not up in the top rankings I mean uh, for this to happen so soon I mean they're going to they're going to get very close and uh I mean, you know, oh, we just have to see them. If they can continue this, I guess you would say, uh, if they can continue winning and beating whatever obstacle that's put in front of them, either team, then there's no doubt that a uh, tag team title shot could be in their future. Uh, I mean, to topple a, the, one of the, I guess you, what some people would refer to as the number two tag team now. And, uh, and ASWF, number one being Max Stone uh, and himself. I mean, uh, you know, to be able to kind of beat some top caliber teams, even, like I said, just kind of thrown together, uh, a motley pair, if you will, and to get a victory over a, uh, over a lifelong team. 
I mean, it's impressive to say the least. And I mean, if they can keep that up, I mean, big things are going to follow Heinzman and the Nocturnal Flame. And you're absolutely right. Uh, Heinzman and the Nocturnal Flame right now, the uh, stock is looking up on them. And, you know, Mr. 99%, you're right. You know, they were in control, but Max did beat the Vincents by himself. <coughs> Very impressive in and of its own right. But I just wanted to give uh, Heinzman and the Nocturnal Flame quite a bit of credit for what they were able to accomplish this past Saturday night in the Valiant Arena. But after a intermission, then came the moment that all ASWF fans are, uh, and you know, it's still it's still a little bit surreal to me, Cody. What happened after intermission? Uh, Mister Ninety Nine Percent came out, uh, and then he demanded I mean, that the Suicide I mean, King, who what? I mean, Michael, long story short, I mean, the board was at a stalemate and no no repercussion, no punishment, suspension, or firing was going to be in the Suicide King's future. After uh, the Suicide King came out, I mean, the the news was almost jaw-dropping. Even, even the other... Commissioner Joey Britt came out there to a shock. Uh, let's we'll just I mean long we'll just say this: they were able to go above the board's head and go straight to the athletic commission, and the athletic commission pretty much said, "Hey, look, uh, if Ray's going to do that, if he's known to do that, he doesn't need to wrestle anywhere anymore." And, uh, you know, you're right. Unfortunately, um, Mr. 99% kind of forced the hand of the ASWF in terminating the employment of the Suicide King and effectively ending his 16-year career in professional wrestling in the state of Arkansas. (coughs) You know, as much as... As much as I said that, you know, I I believed in, you know, the interest of fairness that there should be somewhat of punishment to the suicide team. I would say that, you know, I I feel like this went too far. Uh, You know, when I said I was in favor of some punishment, I... I, I was talking about a suspension, um, a fine, um, and you see the Suicide King, uh, guy who terminated the Suicide King over here in the comments section, having a great time in the comments section, you know, Mr. 99% just goading about what he did and, you know... <coughs> We mentioned, you know, in me talking with Ray a couple times, I said, you know, that man has a family and uh, Mr. and uh, the Suicide King needed to think about the thing I'm calling on Mr. 99% to think about right now. Uh, The Suicide King, he, he does have a family and you've taken, you've taken away his ability to provide for that family. You've taken, um, Just unacceptable, Cody. I mean, I mean, to an extent, I mean, I, I was expecting something such as a suspension, a fine, I mean, or both. Um, or some places they tell you, hey, you need to take a leave, and that way we can evaluate further punishment. And the, the I don't know, it's... Uh, on behalf of the Suicide King, I want to, I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, uh, at a loss for words, um, I got to sympathize saying, yeah, he also has a family, Brad. He, uh, <clears throat> um, you know, he had a family he's got to provide for. This is how 
he makes his living, and you took that away from him. I mean, but thing is, I mean, after a board meet and nothing was decided, Brad had to do the last thing he wanted to do or the last thing anybody could do in this situation, and that was to go above and beyond the board and go to an even higher power. Um, And I mean, uh, look, I mean, Brad, I mean, listen, Ray has a family he's got to take care of too. And I mean, if the board couldn't come to a decision, then let it be. I mean, I mean, why'd you have to go above the board? I mean, the thing was, is the Suicide King, I mean, he almost embodied and the heart and Cody, soul of the ASWF fans. Cody, I don't mean to interrupt you, but uh, it appears that uh, Mr. 99% has decided to make an appearance. I guess he wants to... <clears throat> Wants to talk about his actions this past Saturday night in uh, effectively terminating the Suicide King's employment with the ASWF. Mr. 99%, the the floor is yours. (laughs) Oh, what a great, glorious evening here in central Arkansas, knowing that when we return to action November the 17th, that we do not, we will not, and we just have absolutely obliterated the hopes and the dreams and the enjoyment of the fans in the stands that we do not have to see the Suicide King emerge from that curtain any longer. Now, I'm going to take uh, a little time to say, number one, Cody, you mentioned that he's got a family and and what I did was wrong and this, that, and the other, and your little cohort there, uh, Michael Carnahan, you want to go ahead and agree with Cody. But see, here's the problem. It's nobody used that analogy for the most part when he held me hostage for two weeks, when he savagely beat me, when he left me laying in the middle of my own storage unit in my own pool of blood. Nobody thought about that. Nobody thought about the ramifications that could have happened to me (laughs) should, and that's a big should, because it didn't happen, ASWF had won the Penitentiary of Pain match. So what he's ultimately done is chopped his own hand off, and now he must walk around and figure out how to put that hand back on to provide for his family. That was not my decision ultimately in the end. That was his. You see, there's no honor among thieves, and While he may be a fan favorite, let's be honest, the Suicide King is still a thief. And the problem is, is that he dished it out, but it didn't seem like he wanted to take it. So you know what? I did what any person would do, and I went above and beyond the ASWF, because I already know that this attitude exists in the ASWF just like you guys exist in the ASWF and the mentality that you have. Now he's the victim. Welcome to 2018, where the aggressor becomes, it doesn't matter. He's gone. We're done with him. It's time for a new level of talent to rise. Just remember that key word right there, arise. Because you're going to learn Brad, it soon enough, Brad. I have to. I mean, you went straight to the athletic commission. I mean, the thing is, is, there's video evidence. You could have went to the law instead of the athletic commission. I mean, would the outcome be the same? It depends on the contract. But I mean, come on, man. I mean, you could have had him arrested, and it would have had the same effect. You had to get him fired and potentially get ASWF in a a world of trouble with the Athletic Commission because now the Athletic Commission thinks that ASWF condoned what he did. Number one, they did, or there would have been disciplinary action handed down through the ASWF. So let's go ahead and put that little uh, baby to bed. 
and uh, move on to number two. You said I could have called the law. Well, you see, there's a difference between you guys and me. See, I actually listened to the fans, and they told me that I always ran to the law, that I did this and that I did that and I did this. And so I've proved a point, and that is I don't need the law to fight my battles. Hell, I am the law. But here's the deal. If the ASWF was so concerned about the way that they looked and how they their public perception, then it wouldn't have been two to two now, would it? See, I want you to, to explain something, but I'm not going to take up the whole show because I know this is an abbreviated show, and I'm just a small part of it. But I'm going to tell you this. There's no explanation that you can logically or reasonably give as to why the ASWF didn't intervene and step up to the plate and take down their little precious Suicide King. Why? Because the Suicide King drives sales. He sells tickets. He's a main eventer, if you would like, and they're not going to do that. But you know what? I know that there's just as much talent on that roster that's being overlooked, that we can rise above the image of the Suicide King and be even better. So I took action into my own hands, and somebody's drawing unemployment now. So the world's a much better place. So, Brad, if you're happy with if you're happy with the Suicide King being terminated, then what was the point of the attack? With all due respect, what was the point of the attack after you terminated and ended a man's livelihood right there in the center of the ring at the Valiant Arena? What was the point of the attack of the original misfit Josh Cross? Saturday night. Why? Why would you do that? I mean, did you just want to spit I on mean, him? I mean, you wanted to. Kick, <laughs> did you want to kick a man while he's down? I mean, look, Josh and the rest of Team Venom, Team Ninety Nine Percent, whatever you want to call them, they already won the match. What the hell was the point in him coming down there, just beating down Ray after after he pretty much his career was pretty much ended for him and not on his own terms? Sometimes. Sometimes you just have to do what you got to do. And, you know, that was a warning shot because I think the mentality of the Suicide King doesn't give up that easy. So that was a warning shot, I guess you would say. If you want to stick your nose in our business, and we have business all across this vast region in wrestling, you want to show up at another company if we happen to be there and you want to interject yourself because, guys, you're not seeing this correctly. So you're acting like the Suicide King is completely out of the picture. No, he's just away from the one place that he called home. He still has the option to make a living. And I'm just letting him know that my guys make a living all over the Mid-South and if you know what's best for you, Suicide King, you'll stay the hell out of it no matter where you are or we're going to drop you again like every other bad habit that we've ever had. Cody, do you have anything else for Mr. 99%? I'm, I'm sick to my stomach at this. No, no, I don't. Uh, the only thing I have left is I hope you're happy with yourself. I mean, you took a man's career, you kicked him while he was down. I mean, Brad, I really, really hope you're happy. And there goes Mr. 99%. He has uh, he hasn't <clears throat> left. But we're going to try to... Uh, we're going to try to continue on here. We've got about 20 minutes left in the broadcast. And uh, next up, out came uh, D-Mike after what happened. And that's all I can address it as is what happened. Uh, out came D-Mike. He was in action with uh, MCB side. Um uh, Beautiful matchup. Uh, B 
B-side, obviously pulling out all the stops, hitting a helo. Uh, D-Mike was in the match from start to finish. Obviously, uh, you know, moving out of the way of the frog splash. Uh, very, very great, great, great wrestling in this contest uh, between these two individuals. But the story came in when uh, the prominence of dominance, Mike Anthony, came out. And, you know, earlier in the night, he had said he had came out and he had demanded that. Hey, My, Cody, Michael, let, Cody, let, let's, let, let's, Cody, hold yes. on. Are you watching the live feed? New yeah. thoughts run through my the Suicide King Ray Ray. It, it appears that the Suicide King is uh, watching Mr. 99%. That gives me a little bit more, uh, a little bit more faith here. You know, obviously nice to see with the Suicide King still out there. But, you know, we were talking about this matchup back and forth. You have, once again, to continue a continued impressive effort from D-Mike. But, uh, like I said, the action picked up as soon as the prominence, the dominance came out. Well, let, let's trace back a little bit. I mean, let, let's trace it back. Earlier in the night, right before the Ace and Morta and Excalibur match, you have Mike Anthony come out there, issue a challenge, MCB side. MCB side didn't show up. Mike Anthony pretty much said he's coming for him. He's going on a manhunt. And that he did and at least sent a message. D-Mike, yes, getting the victory by disqualification. I mean, Mike Anthony knew what he was doing when he came out there and shoved D-Mike, shoved him down, and knew that D-Mike would win. And in a way, it was kind of like he was goading MCB side into coming into that ring to fight with him. And Well, and I don't, I don't mean to change the subject, but we still have an interesting back and forth going on here in the chat room. Uh, the Suicide King says, new thoughts run through my head. Some say this new path will be difficult, but I will find the way. And uh, Bad Brad obviously chiming in. I said he says, uh, "Find a way, stay out of the business, or you will find yourself destroyed once more." Uh, continue to follow this story, but continue on. I apologize for interrupting you, Cody. Well, it seems Mike's plan did work to goad MCB side into getting in the ring and fighting him, but it wasn't on the prominence of dominance's terms. You see, uh, if you missed it, I mean, uh, some would say uh, MCB side cleaned his clock, cleaned Mike Anthony's clock. I mean, Mike Anthony left a blo- left again in a bloody mess uh, due to a due to an attack from MCB side and that damn clock he wears around his neck like Flava Flay. Uh, I mean. But let's get to the other story. I mean, the manhunt, I mean, it was a manhunt that kind of went awry in a sense. It was not how Mike Anthony wanted to uh, to end his night, that was for sure. But the other story that came out of that match, let's talk about the infamous one, Double J. He's been on this in this chat room flapping his gums, get, wanting his chance to speak. Now, Absolutely, and I mean, now it's I get he can, you know, he came out there, talked about how he made this proposal to D Mike, and D Mike turned it down. What happened? D Mike led into another attack uh, by the newly formed Insane Shane, the new infamous Inc. client. You're right. Uh, the infamous one obviously came out next, and. <clears throat> Kind of shocked some people when uh, his first offer was uh, to D-Mike. And now we have the infamous one joining us uh, live here on ASWF Aftermath. Infamous one, I'll let you tell the story in your words. Uh, You've got to be overjoyed right now, though, with how everything turned out. Michael, it's good to be on ASWF Aftermath. First business first. 
fan coding. You have every initial right in the United States of America to speak your opinion. But I ever catch you outside of that arena, me or Shane, the next time you want to disrespect me on this radio show, you're going to be the next victim, and, and you're going to be the next Porsche that we're going to uh, go ahead and just say tap, nap, or snap. If you want to run your mouth to the billion-dollar person that you're talking to that has the billion-dollar contracts, that has all the money in uh, Arkansas, I'm telling you the best manager in the natural state, the infamous ones who you're talking to, fella. Because let me tell you something, fan, Mark, let me tell you something. The thing is, and in St. Shane is the newest client, and there's only one client, and that's Insane Shane, the infamous Insane Shane of Infamous Inc. The thing is, Michael, the story is get back on track where he's going. Uh, after penitentiary pain, I was uh, thinking of my thoughts uh, in the locker room after the show, and I run across uh, a lonely, distraughted D-Mike saying that he let everybody down. He let the fans down. He let the company down. He let Joey down. He let Ricky down. And when he was unlacing his boots, he looked down, and he looked up, and he locked his little beady eyes into my eyes. And the thing is, I offered him an opportunity of a lifetime, this starting out career of his. And ever since our penitentiary pain, he's ignored my phone calls from me and my business partner, Aaron, of Infamous Inc. We both, me and Aaron, has tried numerous times to get a hold of him by text, email, also by phone. So what a better way to catch him after his match? I wanted to come out there and let him know, hey, you passed up a lifetime opportunity, but there's nobody in this world that tells Infamous Inc. no. And I said, since you've done that, somebody else was our first choice anyway. Just thought maybe we were going to give you what was left over that we thought that you would have a sense of mind. We brought in our first choice anyway was in St. Shane. Needless to say, the fan Cody says, initial attack from behind. No, you dumbass. Well, I was sitting there in front of him. You know, you can't turn around quickly. When I told him, I said, let me introduce you to my client. I poured behind him. Of course, the fan caught him. He was probably eating a Snickers bar or sitting there lock, lit locking one of them toothless women out there, his girlfriend, whatever you want to call him, out in the crowd. You can't wait after the show. Until then, let me just introduce it. See, he wouldn't turn around across the time. So, Cody, let me tell you, he had a little nut check. That's what had had happened to him. Then we call it lock, tap, nap, and sleep. That's what happened to D-Mike. Anything else, Michael? Well, I mean, not only that, not only did you put D-Mike to sleep with that rear naked choke, uh, you also managed to come back and insult to injury. You guys, like a trophy, so to speak, you guys took a selfie with the unconscious uh, and prone D-Mike. I mean, just completely disrespectful. I want to go ahead and put this in your news feed. Go ahead and put this in, in, your, in your journal that you keep up with, Michael, the, the, the flashing news. From here on out, from the eternity to the end, you're going, wherever you see me at, wherever you see infamous <laughs> at, that's where you're going to see Insane Shane. And anybody and everybody that gets in our way, will be on the trophy wall. I promise you there will be a selfie. We'll make sure that everybody, every week, there will be a trophy every week. We're going to call it the infamous trophy wall week, and you're going to be live and advertised when Shane gets behind you and pulls your scalp up and makes you face the camera while he's choking you and also after. That's what we're going to see, Michael. I'll send all the good pictures to you. That is funny. You know what? Who was unlucky? You know, before I do have to get off here, you know who was unlucky didn't get to do that? And that was your, your psychotic loser. <laughs> he was so close to getting a red record choke. So happens that somebody else had some business to tend to, and we picked up the win, and we left. Well, well Cody, I'm Michael. Mean. Yep. 
The was, infamous one. He was a, not short of words. I think Cody's either I mean, choked up or or he's eating a Snickers bar. He's lick-flopping the, one of them toothless Tuckerman women down there. But, Michael, if you ain't got anything else for me, I got a lot. Me and Aaron's got some more stuff to do here in the office. It's a late night tonight. And also, uh, we got to meet up uh, tomorrow with training with uh, Insane Shane. Is there anything else you got to want to ask me? Any questions? I'm sure Cody's all choked up and stuff. So, go ahead, Michael. I, I think we pretty much got it covered. I mean, what's next? Uh, now that we know exactly who the client is, what's next for Insane Shane? Who are you guys targeting? What's the what's the what's the end game here? I got it. I got it. You ready? You ready for this, Michael? Michael. Yeah. You ready for this? Sure. Okay. Our next person that we're attacking is. And of course, one drop in there, but I mean that's just par for the course with uh, the infamous one recently. Um, just once again, a dastardly attack, and that's all that can be said about that. Uh, D. Mike left laying at the hands of the infamous one, and. Uh, Everybody, but uh, go ahead, uh, Cody. Let's go ahead and talk about the fatal four way. Uh, obviously, the greatest gym known to man, Max Stone, uh, the original Misfit, um, Josh Cross, L Ray, and X Ray all locking horns in the uh, next contest. Crazy uh, action in this thing, and the original Misfit ended up picking up the victory. With the uh, springboard cutter. Um, well, I, I uh, Michael, I mean, uh, Josh Cross, impressive victory. It seems as if him and the greatest gem known to man actually had formed a partnership uh, temporarily through that match to at least get through it. But, I mean, again, it was one of those situations where Josh Cross, the original misfit, he prevailed and came out on top. Uh, I mean, what else can I say? I mean, he he had he Mr. Golden Ticket was in that match, a tag team champion or the tag team champions uh, was in that match, and I mean, I mean, Michael, what else is there to say? I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Very, very impressive. You know, we saw a little bit of uh, action between uh, Max Stone and uh, the original misfit, Josh Cross. Uh, obviously, both two uh, alpha males trying to establish their <laughs> dominance inside of the ASWF. And you see Max Stone a little bit uh, a little bit angry. And I just want to point out, you know, I, fortunately, my office is... Um, Adjacent to Mr. 99%, and that's why you just saw him uh, walk through my office. Uh, but the thing is, um, Max Stone trying to even save face a little bit, he said he didn't lose, which he's right. He wasn't the one who lost that contest. But uh, Max Stone obviously ultimately in the record books shows uh, picks up the loss just like everybody else. Uh, no, I mean, the, the thing is, is we've got, uh, you know, a loss is a loss. Yeah, he may not have been the one that was pinned, but in these multi-man matches, triple threats, fatal four ways, fatal five ways, six-pack challenges, it doesn't matter if you get pinned. If you're not the one making the pin, you're still lost. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, no, does, does uh, I mean, a loss is a loss. Um, Absolutely. I mean, and I mean, you know, we've got Josh Stokes in the messenger. He's talking about, 
the greatest gym known to man. Uh, you know, he's uh, talking about obviously Max Stone, Max, saying that Max Stone doesn't care about our uh, records. And I mean, hey, I, I got to agree, a loss is a loss. Uh, but, I mean, you know, Max Stone, one of my favorites personally. I mean, the guy's been nothing short of dominant since he's uh, since he's been in ASWF. But You're at right. the same time, a, a loss is a loss. Um, still a man who is single-handedly carrying the ASWF Tag Team Championship. So, you know, you got to give credit where credit is. Um, exactly. I mean, w- let's give credit to everybody in the match. It was such a such a hard-hitting match. And everyone, they... Uh, Lord, there's... Everyone... It was any man's match, that's for sure. Her match, that's for sure. Um, again, the original Misfit uh, coming out on top. I mean, there's nothing more to say on that one. Uh, let's talk about what the infamous one was referring to earlier, and that was Insane Chains, uh, what some would call controversial victory over the psychotic savior, Cataclysm. I mean, You're right. we thought Cataclysm had this match in the bag. I mean... And he overcame a lot in that match. Uh, I mean, being the bigger man, you know, Insane Shane was able to topple the psychotic savior. But that, I would like to say that's not really without a uh, without a distraction uh, provided by the deadliest player in the game, Deadly Dale. And I mean, even after the match, the post match beatdown. I mean, this is one of those things. I don't know if we've ever seen the psychotic savior beat down in such a manner, at least by one person. Right. And the scary thing is, you know, obviously the psychotic savior cataclysm, he's never been all there, so to speak, up uh, up top. But, I mean, this was different. Uh, cataclysm... Cataclysm obviously seemed a little bit uh, something seemed off with him for sure after the contest and it it, it, it was a little disturbing you know uh, it appears that Dale has been able to at least possibly break the psyche of Cataclysm I, I would hazard a guess maybe I mean I mean, there is a – the way it seemed, I mean, it seemed like Cataclysm was almost a, a broken individual after the match. And, I mean, there is uh, – you don't see – you don't often see, if ever – I don't think we've ever seen Cataclysm in the shape he's in was in afterwards. I mean, he's been – Something is wrong, you know. Uh, what is this place? But one thing that we've had some fans and conspiracy, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists, they're putting stuff together. Nobody's seen them, only the cryptic post. I mean, I mean I've mean, i had conspiracy theorists put together the most recent post from the 4th of November. And, like, they... The message boards, they've been talking, and if you look at every capital letter in that post, it's doesn't, calm, felt, death, crowd, instead, laughter, lost, tried, tried, and tried. And if you look at every capital letter, deciphering it down, and this was something that was actually brought to my attention from a fan, and it says, Dale will die. I mean, you know, this, and that, that's just, I mean, fans have put that together like a piece of the puzzle. But, I mean, you know, that's just conspiracy theorists talking. I mean, uh, me, you know, I'm into the conspiracy theories. But that was, y'all, y'all didn't hear that from me. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't come up with it. And uh, due to, like, privacy laws, I can't tell y'all who came up with it. Uh who came up with the theory? Uh, I definitely 
be anonymous. Definitely <coughs> kind of creepy there, you know, and you see Mr. 99% said Cataclysm looked like he reached his breaking point. Poor mass psycho. But here's the thing. Nobody's seen Cataclysm since Saturday night. You know, the guy, it's just been the creepy post, like you said, and, you know, that's um, that's I'm, what I'm hoping is a coincidence, uh, which you uh, spelled out. Uh, a moment ago, but definitely Deadly Dale had better watch himself because this is a long, long way from being over. And speaking of being over, we're getting into overtime a little bit, but I do not want to leave without discussing the main event of the evening. The undisputed ASWF championship was on the line. And... Well, Mr. 99%, you know, you want to know why it isn't being addressed. I mean, that seems more like a cult than a group. They're exactly that. They're a group. They are uh, led by the psychotic savior cataclysm. Uh, he shows them the way, so to speak, the way, and they follow his teachings and his guidance is what that is. But, uh, you know, the main event and Mr. 99%, you knew about this one all too well as you got a front row seat after a back-and-forth encounter. You mentioned it earlier, Cody, with his own knockout forearm. Steve-O once again regains the ASWF championship. Now the undisputed, undeniable ASWF champion. No controversy, nothing left. The man is the ASWF. Oh, yeah, Michael. I mean, you know, some of these people there, some of these people, I mean, you know, the thing is, is it started the show. It's like, hey, we're stripping, Grandma's like, we're stripping you of the title and giving it back to Mark Wolf. Thank goodness for Commissioner Joey Britt throwing a little caution to the wind there saying, no, you'll get your rematch. And, you know, it's always said what what can be used for you and by you can also be used against you. And, you know, not only could you say being beat with your own move, I mean, any defeat is going to be crushing, but to beat with your own move, that's almost borderline humiliation. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, Mark Wolf put up a tough fight, but in the end, Steve-O overcame uh, another obstacle and took home the W. I mean, that in a very intense match, that's for sure. And, you know, don't take your eye off the fact that – and. Actually, I want to address this once. Hi, Aaron. I do want to address this. I, Mr. 99% states, congratulations, Steve-O. You rightly won the, your title back, but watch your back. Uh, you know, I don't lose sight of the fact that El Ray was out there again, and this time when he went to hand Steve-O the burrito, uh, Steve-O politely declined it. But, uh, you know, once again, El Ray. Now the target on Steve-O's back has gotten astronomical in size. And, you know, that's what it all comes down to is what is going to happen with the uh, ASWF championship moving forward, especially knowing that there are guys the likes of the original misfit Josh Cross. You know, a lot of people say don't cross the boss, and unfortunately Steve-O's made a – career of doing that thus far and it appears he has an enemy in the uh in the uh in the co commissioner ninety nine percent. Yeah, exactly. But uh I mean, well, Cody and go ahead. I mean uh, one last thing. I mean, you know, we talk about uh guys lurking around and we've mentioned it on the podcast several times. Getting to the top, some it's it's a long, hard ride, but getting to the top is a hell of a lot easier than staying at the top. You constantly have a target on your back. 
You're, and there's always going to be somebody wanting to take your spot from you. Well, I don't think I could have said it any better myself, but uh, Cody, I think that's pretty much wrapping us up. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, come into the Valley Arena uh, one week from Saturday, 7 p.m. The doors are opened at 530. Uh, kids get in for free. Kids six and under, excuse me, get in for free. Anybody older than six, $5 to get in the door to see the best professional wrestling action in the Mid-South. But ladies and gentlemen, with that being said, for Cody, for Mr. 99% Bad Brad, for the infamous one, and everybody affiliated with the ASWF and ASWF Aftermath, thank you, good night, and we will see you next Thursday. Look out. Good night, everybody. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the track.